I think overall audiences are critical thinkers now, as we know, and as you just said, it's more than just purchasing a product. It's about the messaging, the feeling, the reputation around it and the consistency and audiences have just evolved and there's been some sort of, you know, education over time around that and people these days want to invest in products and brands that are ethically minded or sustainable or taking into all these different considerations and business owners themselves are now realising the value of that as well. Do you love your life as a small business owner? Let's be real, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love through practical, actionable tips, tools, and tactics, interviews with creative and curious small business owners, and in-depth coaching episodes with me, your host, Fiona Kalaki. With more than 20 years experience in marketing, brand, content, and systems, and having now helped thousands of small business owners, I know what it takes to build a business that you can be proud of and that actually aligns with your values, your beliefs, and your hopes for the future. So much of our daily life is spent working on and in the businesses and the brands that we are creating. And so it makes sense to actually love what you do. So let's get into this podcast and help you figure out how to love your business and your life on the daily. Hello and welcome to episode 380 of the My Daily Business podcast. Today it is an interview episode and I have to say that I'm, you can hear the smile in my voice. I'm quite excited about this one because I not only know these guys, but they have helped me massively in bringing the new brand, My Daily Business, I'm not so new anymore, but rebranding from My Daily Business Coach to My Daily Business, they were hugely responsible for the visual components of that. So I'm excited to talk to them about their business and about all sorts of things to do with design and graphics and website and branding. Before we get stuck into that, I want to acknowledge, especially if you're listening to this in real time, the people who are the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I record this podcast and meet these people. And that is the Warong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. And if you are listening to this in real time, I would really urge you to think about if you're in Australia, how you are going to show up tomorrow on what will be 26th of January. And if you're listening to this in your First Nations, then I would just remind you that there are support systems out there like 13 Yarn, which is by mob for mob. And you can find all the information just by Googling 13 Y-A-R-N. All right, let's get into today's episode. So as I alluded to, today it is an interview with two small business owners who have come together to combine their talents and create a brand under the umbrella of New Opening Studio. And if you're keen to check them out, it's newopening.studio. You can find that on their Instagram handle. You can also just put in newopening.studio and you'll go right to their website. Very good. Very cool. They don't have a .com, they have a .studio. And they would know all about that because they are branding and website designers. And so who am I talking about? I'm talking about Ashley Simonetto and Nicholas Bunting. So together they are new opening studio, but they have also run their own separate businesses for years. And they are combining that into new opening studio, which offers branding websites and really takes the, all of their skill set from content strategy and design and website, you know, usability, all of that and brings it into one brand and a new opening studio. But in addition to this, they are also partners in real life. They are romantic partners. And so in today's chat, we talk about what it's like going from two people who work and live together and are in a romantic relationship and have their own businesses into creating a combined business. And what sort of things did they have to discuss? And have they, you know, assumed certain things about each other's businesses? Have they not? How do they define what type of clients they want to take on, particularly if they're previous businesses or their separate businesses were working with different clientele. Now, Ashley actually designed all of the branding for My Daily Business. So in 
early 2023, we changed names from My Daily Business Coach, which we had been for years, to My Daily Business. And Ashley is the person who brought all of that to life in a visual component. And so I was really excited to get them on here to talk about what sort of things they look for when it's looking at clients, but also, as I mentioned, how have they built this new business and what does it look like in terms of having their existing businesses, which they have run individually for years, through to bringing this stuff together. And we talk about everything from setting boundaries through to what sort of tools they use, how do they monitor, you know, where something is in the process of, you know, let's say, for example, if Ashley brings on a client and then that client wants to also create a website, at what point does it then go to Nick being in all of the meetings? How does it actually all work? And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast have a partner who is also creative or who might also run their own business. And I know that because a lot of people will tell me, oh, I was listening to it because I've got, you know, an interior design business, but then my husband started listening to it because he has a building business or a construction business and, you know, he's getting a lot out of it too. And so it's really interesting to think about it from a perspective of if we were to combine forces, what would that look like? And I personally have an interest in this because my husband is a graphic designer, head of design, art director, all of those things. And it's a very complementary skill set to what I do. And we have actually had a business in the past that we ran together years and years and years ago. He did graphic design. I did copywriting and brand stuff. And that's something that, you know, who knows, who knows, never say never could happen in the future. So I just think this is really interesting. And I just want to thank Ashley and Nick for being so open and talking about how it is practically worked. And then also looking at things like what sort of clients are they after? How do they create things? And what do they think of the competition that is out there now through platforms like social media, where basically anyone and everyone can pop up and say, I'm a website designer, I'm a graphic designer, I'm you know an expert in this or that, when they don't necessarily have the skills and the experience and the proven track record that these two have. What is that like? And so here it is, my interview with the wonderful Nicholas Bunting and Ashley Simonetto of New Opening Studio. Welcome, Ash and Nick. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast. How are you both feeling about life at the moment? Ah, Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Life at the moment, I would say, now that we're at the end of the year, just pushing for that last month or so. So I would say a little, little tired. <laughs> yes. But excited that, yeah, we've had such a massive year and accomplished so much and yeah. so much. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a big one, bit a bit of ups and downs as I'm sure a lot of people know, you know, from really slow to really busy and just navigating a whole bunch of different things going on in the world and also in business. So yeah, we're kind of not crawling to the edge, but getting there. Yes. Well, this will actually be coming out early 2024. So our future selves will listen to this and be like, I feel super energetic and excited. But yes, I feel like everyone gets to this stage and just, you can see summer on the horizon and you're like, come on, come on, I can see that it's there. And And all the Christmas trees go up in in coals in November and you think it's already there and you've got a couple of months to go. I feel like the time... It's just gotten earlier and earlier. It's like as soon as, I don't know, Father's Day is over in September, then it just goes straight into like, okay, what's the next thing? And then as soon as Christmas is over, it's straight into Easter. Like what can we, you know, let's do hot cross buns on like, you know, December 28th. And so I am excited to talk to you guys about your joint business, new opening Mm -hmm. studio. But can you tell us how this came to be and share a bit of the background before you got to this point? Yeah. I'll go first. So essentially I've been doing graphic design in-house for different businesses since I graduated. And so becoming a freelancer was just a natural progression during COVID when we were all very reflective. And new opening studio was a very organic step for us. We were already working together anyway. So sort of, you know, passing on our clients back and forth between each other because our skill sets do complement each other so well. So, yeah, it kind of just made sense to join together. Yeah, and I was sort of from the, I started in graphic and then moved towards the web design. Yeah, just got roped into web design and then web development and then started 
business through just plain web development. And then I've been working with a few different studios and designers separate to me and just developing sites that they'd built. Yeah, just came, we sort of met each other and I liked the work that Ashley was doing and just more and more I wanted to work with the branding that she did and find a way to, yeah, come together. And just so happened that a couple of projects came up and more and more we were working on projects together and sort of turning mm. down clients of our own or, or just finding time to work together. And then, yeah, the point came where we were like, do you want to make something of it? Make it official. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean official? Do you want to change our Facebook standards? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. To business partner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you both alluded to that you've both been running your own separate businesses before this mm. came into a thing. And Ashley, we had connected through the design files and obviously yeah. a lot of people that listen to this will know your work. And then Nick, we connected through Ash. And so with each of you, did you both know as soon as you finished uni and your studies that you were just going to do your own thing? Or, you know, when you were working in these other places before you started your own business, which was then before New Opening Studio, what was the kind of jump or was it much of a jump? Were you like, I'm always going to have my own business? Or did you think, okay, this is why I'm starting? Like what, what made you start it? For me personally, I never thought I would actually be a freelancer. I always thought it would be the ultimate goal when I'm in my, I don't know, 50s or something when I had it all sorted and I understood everything. So I'm actually quite shocked that it has come so soon, but I'm also really glad that it has. And as I just briefly mentioned, COVID really was that push in terms of the silver lining was it made everyone comfortable working from home. So that really opened up the dialogue with multiple different clients at once. And I didn't necessarily have to be there sitting in the desk nine to five to complete the work. There was another level of trust that wasn't really there before. So for me, it just seemed like it was possible and it was something that I could achieve. Whereas in the past, I just didn't really know how to jump from X to Z. So yeah, that makes sense. I was a bit different graduating I didn't really graduating in graphic design I didn't really know if that's what I wanted so I kind of went the whole roundabout way of figuring out you know what what I wanted to do and working different jobs and then realizing that I wasn't as fulfilled doing things for other people sort of stumbled along you know years down the track that I actually do love design and love well, by product you know the website of design got really re-inspired there and yeah, I didn't really see the way forward without, you know, just jumping straight in and, mm. you know, make one step and then all of a sudden I've got a client and then I'm like, well, I've got no choice but to keep going now. So, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, just fell into it. So been yeah. going ever since. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, Ash, were you about to say something? I was just thinking it, it did help that, yeah, during that time, you know, I could work three days a week at a full time. Um, position and then I had two days doing freelance and then you do reach a boiling point where you're like I need to dedicate myself to either one or the other because I'm not giving my best to one or the other either so that really was that moment of decision making. (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot as well so when you started so when I started my business and I'd come from corporate and I'd worked at lots of different places I was like I'm going to do this, which I thought I was going to do marketing strategy for corporates because that's Mm. what paid a lot. But then I started talking to small business owners and I was like, oh, I could totally work with them. But I had to get the money coming in from the corporates in order to do the work that I wanted to do with creative small business owners. And then eventually have moved, shifted my whole business to only pretty much working with creative small business owners. When you go both started, did you both have a niche that you were going after? Like, so Nick, were you like, okay, I'm going to target this type of business that needs a website and needs design? And Ash, were you like, okay, I've worked at the design files, I'm going to target mm-hmm. that sort of audience? Or how did you both decide for your separate businesses who you were going to work with? For me, yeah, I didn't really have that <laughs> set out from the start. I was kind of just too busy caught up in trying to figure it out and trying to make it work that I, you know, was just like get anything in the door and then figure it out later. And I'm still, you know, 
going through that today, you know, I've got a much better idea of what niche and what market, but still trying to figure out what what I'm best suited to and what we're best targeting, mm. who we're best targeting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a forever evolving thing and as you're growing, that changes as well. Mm. But as you mentioned, definitely when through working with TDF and then other businesses in Melbourne, I definitely lent myself to small business female owners and my work really reflects that style. And so obviously what I put out is what I attracted and that's what I mm. love doing and it's what I love working with. And so that definitely became my niche sort of organically. I don't know if I really, mm. I don't know, maybe I did put it out there, but it definitely came back to me. But I do also always kind of have in my mind a running list of, you know, businesses that I admire. And so I always try to reach out or have a plan in that sort of way. But what was exciting about new opening is that like the business name kind of entails is it's a new opportunity. So I think we're still figuring out what our demographic is and who we're actually better suited to. Mm, uh, Well, you nailed female small business owners. (laughs) You did my brand and um, this why I'm excited to have you both on here and talking about all of your skill set. And so when you decided to join forces with new opening studio, you guys are a couple as well as mm. being business partners. And I know a lot of couples <laughs> that would love to do this. And it's interesting because my background was like magazines, content. I did, I had like a little copywriting kind of branded content business in 2007. My husband is a head of design, art director, graphic designer. He's been a graphic designer, art director for 25 years or so. <laughs> and we have talked so many times about joining forces and we even had our own business in London called Subject Object and we like we had this whole thing are we going to just you know work together and and it hasn't happened yet and not to say never <laughs> but you have very complementary skill sets but how mm-hmm. long did it take from you know my husband and I also had a cushion business in London oh, like we had lots of different wow. things. Um, and I feel like at some point it'll it'll join forces but there's a difference between you know having dinner together and being like we should do something together and then actually doing it and you guys mm. are legit you have a full business yes we have an ABN yeah you have an ABN <laughs> and everything how did the conversation even come up and then how long was it between we should do this together to okay like let's actually do this together I think there was a bit of naivety between both of us, just not really thinking it through, just going, yep, okay, let's do it. And then, yeah, the more we would have thought about it, the more we probably wouldn't have done it. So Mm -hmm. we just said, yeah, well, it works, let's try it. And we came together and that's that. But we've definitely, yeah, it's one thing running a business is one thing being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. There's also one thing being in both and yeah, every day you're kind of trying to draw a line at dinner, stop talking about work or, you know, <laughs> we're at the park or something. Can we put a line through it or do we need to talk or what are we talking yeah. about? Are we on the, which hat are we wearing? But I think our personality types match quite well and we complement each other, not only in skills, but in, yeah, personality and we're able to sort of just figure it out as we go. But yeah. I think if you've come both like successful, independent, like strong business entities and try and try and make something work, you know, that's not complimentary or just try and do business. Yeah, it might be a different thing. But, yeah, it just so happens that, you know, it complemented each other and then figuring it out wasn't, wasn't bad. So we kept going and mm. it's been like, okay, well, we can actually do this. Yeah, and especially for me because I was figuring out how to do freelance in the first place. I've only been doing it for maybe a year or two now. So I was more so like why not just add in another thing to figure it out? I was already in the headspace, so it didn't, I don't know. Yeah, but as Nick said, maybe if we did sit down and discuss it over months and months, it probably would not have actually happened. So it happened quite quick, I think, as well. We were Yeah. Very quick. I think and it was, because the projects were pushing us to work together, so we were yeah. just more so let's just make it a, an official professional front. Otherwise, yeah, mm. it's kind of it was, bits and pieces. It was as simple as, you know, actually having a branding project and them just asking the question, the client asking the question if that 
do you know anyone that can build a website? And she's like, yes. So <laughs> then naturally, we, yeah, we'd work together and it's like, okay, cool. Mm. And then we were like, all, all of a sudden, do you want to just you know, make it seamless so that mm. they're not going from one person, one business to another business and just go to the same business? And mm. yeah, we were like, yeah. So the, it kind of warmed us up to being together, being separate and we're just working on projects together. So I think we got a good test run. Oh, so good. My very first guest on this podcast was Josh Rubin from Cool Hunting, who runs Cool Hunting with his partner and Mm -hmm. husband, long-term relationship, Evan Orenston. And he said that the best piece of advice he got from his mum was like, don't have dinner and talk about work. Like dinner Mm. is a safe (laughs) zone because you've got to have a relationship that's not, you know. And so you guys have said, you know, a little bit of that. Do you have a switch off? Do you say it's after eight, we're not talking about this. Or it's hard when you're creative because I'm sure you're getting lots of different ideas all the time and so you might be watching Netflix and be like, oh, we should do something like that or be in the park or, yeah, but do you have any, have you come up with any kind of rules or anything like that? I think I'm definitely the the one that, you know, the mind fills up really quickly and can't handle it. Yeah, you always um, have when I'm when I'm trying to have a break or something. Yeah. So my my ideas are always flowing, and then I come out to have a break and try and switch off, and then it's you know we're together, so we start talk naturally talking <laughs> back about work, and then I'm like, no, I, I can't. Look, can we just stop for a bit so I can have a break? <laughs> yeah, meals, lunchtime, dinner time mm. is where we definitely try the most to not talk about work although yeah we could probably do better at it (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and so let's talk about the name it's such a good one and obviously you guys are in that brand space how did you come up with that and did you have loads of different names or did you were you like ash and nick a and n just like what like did you come up with all these different things or were you like this is it this is the perfect name straight away we had a little work retreat so half retreats half play just to disconnect and recharge creatively and during that time we had the intention that we were going to map out everything within the business and the name included so we weren't going to leave until we just figured out a name so (laughs) it kind of came about again quite organically we didn't come in with anything too strict in mind we just wanted it to be a little bit more abstract and not mean too much but sort of also mean everything yeah, yeah we tried to you know you obviously start with the two names or trying to merge things together you get pretty literal about it and yeah. um then we made a conscious effort of looking at people we like and names we like and how that they were abstract or didn't mean much but mm. could have meant something to the creator and mm. keeping it short, keeping it sweet. I think we landed on the opening studio yeah. and I think it was, was taken, taken. Or, or something like that. <laughs> so we just had to reworkshop it and we really loved it. And we, yeah, got there and thought that that was it. And yeah. then and we just had right. to, yeah, keep, keep going. And we just finally got it over the line and new opening was, yeah. And then all of a sudden we sat with it for about a week and it clicked and, yeah. Mm. Oh, such a good story. And so <laughs> then how have you gone from both having separate businesses to like, I guess, guiding anyone who contacts either of you into, hey, we actually have this combined business now. How has that gone? Have you had to basically run three separate businesses still while this is coming into its own? Because also, I guess, not everyone is going to need everything that you're offering. Mm. But yeah, how has that gone? Because you've both built your own audiences separately that know what you do and then you have to sort of do this education piece around we also do this now. Mm. Mm. It's definitely building it again from the ground up although we obviously each independently have our own audience and a clientele as you just said it is re-educating people on what it is we can do together I think it's still something that we are still navigating. And, you know, if a client does come to us and we see that there is potential for it to have a more of a holistic approach, then we would guide them to new opening. We would be like, hey, yeah. And also just so you know, if you are thinking of this, we I can offer you X, Y, Z, not just brand and not just, you know, social media. So, yeah, 
I hope that answers. Yeah, it's more so mm-hmm. now it's quite difficult because you kind of have to, you know, mm-hmm. someone contacted you and you have to say, oh, hang on, not me, come over here and there's us kind of thing. So it has been a bit clunky at times. But now after doing, you know, a few projects and a few bigger projects, the referral train has started to kick in, which has made it a bit easier. You know, they're, they're contacting us together instead of separately now, which mm. is, a, is a lot easier because, you you know, you're straight in. But the introductory, like the introduction to us together from our separate referrals is just is, is still a bit tough to navigate. But we've definitely managed to sort of educate make people and get them, yeah, and make it work. Mm. Wow. And so in terms of, because I think this comes up in any business partnership, whether you're in a relationship separate to the business or not, how have you defined roles? Like obviously you have your own businesses and like I do this, but at what point in the process does say Nick take over Mm. or at what point of the process does Ash say, no, this is the direction we're going in and Nick might be like, oh, I would have actually thought this direction might have been better. Mm. I often joke with my husband, like if he comes into the business at some point, who knows, he may never do that. But if he does, he's always like, oh, no, I get it. You're the boss lady. You're in charge. (laughs) You know, like I just work for you. Yeah. How does that work? Because even in, like I said, sisters or, you know, other business partners where they're like friends, people Mm. can join in a partnership, but there not be a really clear delineation of roles. Mm -hmm. I think just because from a business structure point of view it kind of has to be 50 50 so we've we decided that early on because it gets a bit messy if it's not so both of us yeah making that decision we kind of have to base everything off that because ash is on the branding side of things and i'm on the web side of things projects tend to start with the brand and go into web and so you know ash will take the lead on the brand side and I'll support and all communication and things will be, you know, sort of faded to ash and I'll support and we'll do reviews together, but it's definitely more tilted towards, towards ash and then sort of the handover to web. And then I sort of take Mm. the lead from that point of view and then ash will fill in and support as we go. It's, it's hard because, you know, different parts of the process can take, longer or, or shorter so there's not necessarily a 50 50 split sometimes but i think we just fill that in with support where we can so mm. if someone's on the job longer or you know we're just there to support and work do do work around them to support them in each phase mm. where they're the leader in i think yeah and i think also the nature of a design project is that it already is very strictly mapped out. You know how many rounds of revisions there's going to be. You know the phases and the stages. And prior to even onboarding a client, we have that all mapped out already. So we ourselves can already understand roughly where we're going to slot in and where our time will be focused on. So it it doesn't really need too much discussion amongst ourselves, whereas maybe in other businesses, not everything is so clearly mapped out all the time. So there can be miscommunication or whatnot. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the benefits. Yeah. Mm. And so you're in the brand space and websites being part of that and bringing it all to life. And I feel like over the last few years, we've really seen this shift, even pre-pandemic, from, I mean, it's always been there, but I feel like a lot of people have gone from just having a purely transactional business, you know, Mm. go on Alibaba, find stuff as cheap as possible, sell it, you know, make money to, I actually want to build a brand and I want the beautiful, you know, visuals that go with that, the good tone of voice. I want my website to reflect us. I want everything to be consistent. Why do you think more people, it seems, are building a brand and not mm. just a business? Because you were, you were at the front face yeah. of a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I think overall, audiences are critical thinkers now, as we know. And as you just said, it's more than just purchasing a product. It's about the messaging, the feeling, the reputation around it and the consistency and audiences have just evolved and there's been some sort of, you know, education over time around that and people these days want to invest in products and brands that are 
ethically minded or sustainable or taking into all these different considerations. And business owners themselves are now realizing the value of that as well. I think, yeah, it's evolving in that just whacking things together and putting a website up and, you know, running some ads isn't sustainable, isn't a sustainable model. It's mm-hmm. kind of not, you, you don't have, you need to sort of engage your audience and give them a great product and represent that visually end to end in every, you know, touch point. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's starting to be proven that everyone sees the value in building a brand because it's, yeah, more sustainable and, and mm-hmm. stands the test of time. And the market itself right now is just so obviously oversaturated and everything is really condensed to your screen. You know, we don't really go out anymore and interact retail-wise or services-wise. So in order to stand out online, you really do need to take all those considerations into account and all your different touch points and, um, yeah, ensure that there is that cohesiveness and storytelling. I also think the level of brands especially visually these days has jumped mm. jumped a whole new level I think a lot of people are utilizing you know the skills are getting better the technology is getting better and mm. they're just being able to represent brands holistically a lot better and people are just getting left behind if they're not at that level so mm. it's hard to ignore building a brand when they they are so valuable oh could not agree more and so how have you both leveraged like you guys are young you're like, <laughs> I'm sure you're not that young but I'm like I feel so old and you're like cool young people oh, please. so <laughs> how have you leveraged online platforms to like showcase your work because like you said a lot of us are on our screens all the time and back mm. in the day you know back in the day um, I used to edit fashion journal and this was before social media and people used to literally rock up to our offices in Richmond and like knock on the door and be like I've got these t-shirts or I've got this and you know can somebody help me with like swing tag design or just all sorts of different things it's so different now and people used to also do like a lot of printed publications like when Mm. I first moved to London I actually printed a magazine of my work so that I could send a full thick magazine of all my writing to people because people wouldn't accept it in like, you know, a CD-ROM or anything like that. And now there's just so many ways to, you know, you can build your TikTok really quickly and be like, here I am, Mm. even if you just started doing graphic design five months ago. Like, so how do you guys get the word out about what you do when there's so much competition out there? Yeah, It's definitely changed over the last little bit, especially for my well, my individual business, when I started and, you know, a couple of years in, it was literally a case of, you know, uploading to Instagram, messaging people on Instagram and just, yeah, showcasing your work from a purely visual point of view that, you know, it looks good. This website looks great. They must be able to build a nice one. So I'll get in touch. But I think the level of design's really elevated over the last little while, especially I think in the last year, seen it elevate quite a bit and yeah it doesn't just doesn't seem to be as effective anymore because the level of design is incredible Mm. so just whacking your work up on instagram doesn't sort of get those leads as it as Mm. it once did now it's sort of shifting towards more you know providing value and showing your client like what you can what you can give them or or provide for them instead of just showing a visual representation of your work so uh, you know I've we've sort of shifted into more of like a you know LinkedIn and and exploring those avenues they seem to be a bit more effective establishing like professional relationships mm-hmm. um, Instagram just seems to be more tilted towards designers getting inspiration for design so yeah it's more about we've made a shift to just connect with businesses, outreach, you know, referrals and things like that, direct to mailbox and trying to showcase the value where we can in content to, yeah, really connect with people that could utilise our work. Yeah, I would say we've almost taken maybe a step backwards. So we're not solely relying on just social media anymore to communicate with clients. We're more so trying to connect and build 
relationships from the ground up. So even if we do just, you know, start working with you one-on-one for one small thing, but then we'll show or educate you around our values and our services and then hopefully grow from there. I think social media and Instagram currently, you know, can be quite oversaturated. No one knows how the algorithm works these days and you're not completely in control, but you can be in control of your narrative and your communication with people. And so those are the things that we really highly value. And yeah, we always want to show up for people and hopefully that sort of, yeah, surpasses Mm. what your feed looks like these days. Yeah, it's so true. And I would say you've taken a step forward rather than... Ah, okay, good. (laughs) Because I actually think way too many people, I feel like I rant on about this on this podcast all the time, but way too many people see social media as their holy grail and if they just Mm. add more content and more content, and I get it, like we've used social media, it works to some capacity, but Mm. I love that you said go to some like a narrative that you can control and the platforms that you can control to some Mm. point and actually create Mm. that you know, real relationship. And so on that kind of tech talk, what other apps or what sort of platforms do you both like absolutely love for your business? What are the sort of tools that you couldn't do business without? We love Notion and it's taken us a long time to find the right platform that allows us to A, work remotely with clients and B, for us to communicate between each other. We just love the flexibility of it and how you can build it to what it needs to be for specific clients or different projects. Yeah. Yeah, Aside from our, you know, creative software and tools we use Mm. tech wise for building brands and and websites, I think Notion's really stood out recently where we've both tried to be more in the business development phase and, and in the systems and trying to, you know, create a pillar where we can always rely on that we can always revert back to when trying to navigate business and trying to, you know, grow and yeah, leverage its power to, yeah, to, to rely on. Mm. And it's really been quite inspiring because you've always got a place to rock up to every day and, and see your business in a snapshot and go, okay, well, yeah, I know what I need to do and I know what I need to execute. There's no, yeah, so the guesswork. Yeah, yeah, the guesswork has just been a big one for us in not having something to look at to go. Okay, put me back on track. Just keep ticking the boxes. Keep, you know, chipping away and and doing what you can. Instead, it, it, would, it used to be you know everywhere and spread out and emails and I'd use a database here or a, you know a CRM here, but the CRM didn't really store data. It was just a sales tool. It's just really brought it all together Mm. under one roof Mm. but it does take a long time to well a bit of work to make it work for you Mm. yeah I think that's so important you have to make it work for you and I feel like you know whatever tool you're using if you don't make it work for you you can get really easily sidetracked by the next thing that comes out because it seems Mm. more exciting and fun and it's like but if you just use this one properly Mm. then you know yeah it could still work for you so outside of tech stuff, have there been other things that have helped either of you? Have there been any books or have you read any, I don't know, anything businessy or just even mantras or like a film or a Netflix show that's like <laughs> gone, that has been super helpful for business? Oh, gosh. I feel like, Nick, you have very I have a lot, good. but I have, you have borderline, a, yeah. I have borderline too many and I've kind <laughs> of had to just chill a little bit because it, they all pull you in all sorts of different directions mm. and it just comes down to, you know, YouTube shorts, motivational things, little mm-hmm. business tips. I follow business mm-hmm. people in the web space or certain tech that I use or SEO. Or So there's all these different influences at any one time. And, you know, I'm screenshotting things every day. I've got a folder on my desktop of just screenshots. I have way I'm thinking of make. I'm thinking of making a website of daily screenshots. I, yeah, I think they're great. <laughs> And I never look at them again. No, that's the thing. You take a screenshot as if you've done the work. Like I've taken (laughs) it now. I'm going to action that. And then you never look at it again. But yeah, yeah, I think a lot of that is cool. But I do have like a filter. So yeah, heaps of those inspiration. And then I have a little book, a notebook that if it really 
it's more so about just mindset things mm. that, that you can take from the little business snippets. And I just jot down like important things to keep in mind every day. Mm. Oh. Um, so, yeah, a lot yes. of content, but I've really had to dial it back lately because it pulled, pulled me in a whole bunch of different directions. And sometimes you need to trust yourself as well. Yes. Mm. Oh my God. I feel like that's mm. like um, parenthood. I feel like that's another thing where people will send you books and people will send you all this advice and you start following all these people. And really you're just like, I've got to trust my own instinct. I know what exactly. I'm doing. It just yeah, makes exactly. you run around in circles even more sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Or it yeah. can send you, I find like sometimes, I don't know, I'll listen to something and I'll think, oh, I'm not doing that. When earlier that day I would have felt really good about the business and then I'll be yeah. like, oh, but I'm not doing that and I'm not doing that and is everyone doing that? And then you're like, yes. oh, yeah. you know, 10 minutes ago I felt fine. And, now and like, then you're oh. chasing your tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and second so, guessing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, totally second We just went through that as well. We, we, yeah, we, honestly we, last week. And we're Ash just, had to sit me down. And yeah, I was like, that's enough. <laughs> I, was redoing, I was redoing my website and... I got it to a good place and then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I need to add this, this, this and this and change this page. And then we sat down and I'm like, is it where it needs to be? And Ash is like, it's not you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, let's start again. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like you can go round and round and round and round and round. And so yeah. on that note, what are you both most proud of from your business journeys so far? Oh, gosh. I think I'm just proud that we're doing it. And I know that sounds a little cliche, but I just, I think I wake up every day and I just can't believe that I'm actually doing this for work. As I said, I just never thought I would really get to this point where I could work for myself. And yeah, the fact that we're trying every day and waking up and just trying is pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> and it, Yeah. And it's working. Yeah. Cause we're fortunate enough to be in this position and yeah, there's been times where you're like, do I need to get a job to support this or something mm. you know, in early days, whatnot, and just going, no, this is what I chose and what I, yeah, what I need to do. And I can't really look back and the fact that it's, you know, working and not having to, yeah, double back on that is, is a pretty good achievement, I think. And mm. we both sort of remind ourselves of that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I love that. I love that so much. And so what is next for New Opening Studio and where can people connect with you and what sort of services do you offer? Because there are many small business owners that listen to this all around the world and you guys work with people all around the world. And so, yeah, what do you offer and where can people find out more about you? We are New Opening Studio. You can find us on Instagram, New Opening Studio. No, newopening.studio. Sorry. No, cool like that. And we pretty much offer a seamless end-to-end journey from brand identity to web design and build and all the bits in between. Yeah, and, you know, SEO and ongoing management of those the website and ongoing, you know, support with brand and growth of brand and growth of website, um, mm. all those sort of things. New opening.studio is our website as well. And, yeah. Inquiries at hello at newopening.studio. Yeah. And so what's next? Anything exciting coming up? Gosh, next year I think will be a big year for us in terms of trying to continue growing and expanding and hopefully getting more overseas clientele I think is our biggest focus for next year. And, yeah, we want to be more a part of the world next year. We feel like we've been behind our desk (laughs) for the past year so try to actually be out there interact with clients more and people more and yeah show our faces yay sounds like a plan well thank you hit the ground running yeah Yeah. definitely get into it Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And also thank you again for your beautiful work on my brand. We've had lots of people ask about that and always reference. And you guys have done such a good job that you're being referenced in my new book as well. Because I was like, when I talk about certain parts and I'm like, here's an example um, (laughs) of it done really well. But thank you so much for taking the time. And I I just know that there's so many people out there that may well be like, you know what, 2024 is my year to rebrand and or to do this properly or to change my website up. And you're there for them. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Fiona. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it's amazing. Really appreciate it. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>how lovely and down to earth uh nick and ash honestly i could have chatted to them for another hour i just love hearing the behind the scenes about different people's businesses and obviously i've got a relationship with them because they have worked on the most recent branding for my daily business and we had a new website new everything as i said at the start but i'd love to know what you took away from my chat with nick bunting and ashley simonetto who together are creating new opening studio and uh, their own business owners as well as this new business that is just amazing and creating the most beautiful beautiful websites and branding so if you're interested in going and checking out their combined business called new opening studio you can find that at new opening one word dot studio you can also find them on instagram at newopening.studio. And again, if you want to follow either of them separately for their other businesses, you can find Ash at Ashley Simonetto, all one word, A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-I-M-O-N-E-T-T-O. And you can find Nick at Build Digital Studio. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes, which for this episode, you'll be able to find at mydailybusiness.com forward slash podcast forward slash 380. So I would love to know what you took away from that, what stood out. Maybe you are in the process of combining businesses with your own you know, partner that you're in a romantic relationship with, or maybe you work together with a friend or a cousin or something else. And there were some really tips that stood out to you today. For me, I'm going to highlight two things that stood out as always. There was quite a few, actually. I wrote quite a few ideas down after we chatted, but the two things that really stood out, one is boundaries. So Nick talked to that. And that's something that, you know, I hear a lot from people that are in a you know, romantic partnership, as well as a business partnership, that idea that there has to be a point at which you don't talk about business. So they were talking about, you know, going to the beach or the park or having dinner. And even though it's so exciting and you're getting all these clients and it's fun and there's so much creativity going around that maybe there has to be a point at which you just say, okay, when we do this, we're not talking about work. Or when we, you know, go here, we're not talking about work. Or when we use this code word, we're not talking about work. One of the things that came up in one of my very first interviews on this podcast was Josh from Cool Hunting, who runs Cool Hunting with his husband and partner, Evan. And they talked about that Josh, you know, their dinner is off limits. They do not talk about work at dinner. That's their one part of the day where they do not talk about work. So I feel like that boundaries can come up whether you are in business with your partner or whether you, you know, talk about your work a lot in terms of and your home life. And maybe there's a point at which, yes, we all love what we do and our business and life are so intertwined and so connected, but sometimes it's important to switch off and talk about other things, maybe a book you've read or something you saw or, you know, something that's been really interesting to you or a friendship or whatever, but not just constantly focused on work because we do need periods of time away from it. And sometimes it's in those periods away that we have our best ideas because the mind is able to relax and not stress and just, you know, unfocus for a bit, kind of like when you do meditation. So I love that they talked about that and they talked so openly about that, which I I really, really appreciate their transparency and honesty in the conversation today. The other thing that really stood out for me is when they were talking about Notion and how they had tried so many different things. And, you know, Nick is like me, a screenshot addict. (laughs) You know, I also get, you know, sidetracked sometimes and we all do. I see it with clients all the time where, you know, in the space of six months of coaching, they will try four different platforms. And it's like, just stick with one, just stick with one, you know, maybe two, if you absolutely, you know, the first one's not working for you. But then make that work for you as opposed to you having to learn a whole new platform each time and figure it out. Really think, am I utilizing the platform that I already have? I'm already set up as well as I could. And I love that Nick and Ash talked about Notion and how they've had to, you know, spend some time figuring it out and figuring out what is best for them and the way that they work. And now they're at a point where it really works for them and it's an addition to their business. It's helping them in their business as opposed to being this thing that, my goodness, I see this all the time, people get very excited by, spend a little bit of time on, and then it just sort of turns into, you know, this thing that is such a mess that they can't even really utilize it. It's not helping people in their business. So I think that's a really important point that they made. If you have a platform that you're using for, whether it's, you know, creating your marketing plan, your content strategy, your finances, whatever, and you're tracking things, 
choose something and stick to it. Just stick to it at least for six months, at least for a year maybe. And really think about, can this work for me? Most of the time, if you want to do something on any of these platforms, whether it's Notion, Monday, you know, Trello, Asana, the old school ones, I mean, there are a million, there seems to be new ones popping up every single day. And the thing is with new ones, they're constantly promising you, oh, this can do that. And this can do that. And maybe you don't even need to be doing those things. So you get sidetracked by something that is not even relevant to your business, but you want to find something and there are always tutorials on how to do XYZ on any of these. If you wanted to, I don't know, create some sort of template for tracking XYZ in your business and you wanted to do it on Notion, you would just Google a tutorial about that. Go to YouTube, check it out. Go to TikTok. I'm sure there'll be people showing you that. Likewise, you could do that with Trello. You could do it with Asana. We did have the wonderful Paul Miners on the podcast recently talking about Asana and he is a productivity expert. He specializes in Asana, Pipedrive and a couple of other amazing tools. And he, you know, Asana is one of the oldest. We use Asana internally and I know so many people over the time, over the years have been like, oh, why are you still using Asana? Asana works for us. That's what we use. So, you know, we have used Milanote as well and definitely, you know, open to other things because we have been using Asana for so long. But Asana right now works for us and working with people like Paul has made that, you know, even better than what we were using it, how we were using it previously. So I love that Nick talked about that and I just think that's a really important point. So I would love to know what you took away from this. You can always send us a DM at my daily business on TikTok or at my daily business underscore on Instagram, or you can go old school and just email us hello at my daily business.com. But yeah, I'd love to know what you took away from this. And I just want to say thank you again, massively to Ash and Nick for all their work on my brand, but also coming on and just sharing so openly about their own journeys in business. As I said, if you want to check out new opening studio, it's new opening.studio. And that is the same, whether you're looking at their Instagram handle or their website. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave it there. And if you want to check out the show notes or any of the links that they mentioned, you can do that at mydailybusiness.com forward slash podcast forward slash 380. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Podcast. For a range of tools to help you grow and start your business, including coaching programs, courses, and templates, check out our shop at mydailybusiness.com forward slash shop. And if you want to get in touch, you can do that by email, hello at mydailybusiness.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram at mydailybusiness underscore. You can find us on TikTok at mydailybusiness or find me, Fiona Clarkie, on LinkedIn. I look forward to connecting.